Welcome to Connect Church. We're a new church in the East Windsor Heightstown area, and we're a church that is looking to connect to Jesus and community. We're so glad you've joined us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Connect Church. My name is Frank. I'm the pastor here. We're so glad that you're joining us today, either online or listening to us on any platform where the podcast is available. And so just want to say welcome. Glad you're here. We are in a series called Live No Lies, based on the book written by John Mark Homer. Uh, he was a pastor in Portland, and now he is writing just spiritual formation content um, for churches. And so this is from him, and so we thought it would be good to walk through. Um, it's a timely book, timely small group series, and so we just invite you to join us, hop into a connect group, and discuss it. Um, if you want to learn more, I encourage you to check out the book, again, Live No Lies by John Mark, John Mark Comer. This week, uh, I was checking out at Target, and the checkout line there is a very difficult place to be. There are magazines all over the place with people that you can compare yourself against, articles about how to get washboard abs. I don't know about you. I've never had them in my life, so I read it, and I'm intrigued by it. But then there's also the article with like 20 best local restaurants, and I think, you know, I like eating a lot more than I do washboard abs. And then on top of it, there is just a huge selection of the greatest snacks that there are. And inside of me is a war of desire to look amazing or to eat the Snickers bar. Uh, and to be honest, the Snickers bar usually wins. And I say, I'll eat the chocolate today and start working out tomorrow. However, that typically doesn't work because tomorrow brings the same wrestling match. Now, this is a fun example of a much deeper issue that exists in all of us. There is a battle going on for the desires of our hearts. I want to love my daughter well, but then I also get home from work after a long day and I just want to lay on the couch. I know getting on the floor and playing with her and, and holding her while she cries is the right thing to do, but if I'm honest, laying on the couch and watching TV feels like a much better option for you. Maybe you want to continue to buy the things that you like, but you know if you do, it's going to hurt your budget. You want to pray and experience God, but Netflix, you can fill in the blank today. I want to blank, but blank. Our hearts are a mixed bag of desire. And the message that we receive from the world currently is do what you want and do whatever makes you happy. Follow your heart. It's in every Disney movie. It's in a lot of the things that we watch at this point. Just follow your heart and you'll be happy. Your authentic self and your desires are the best way to live a good life. And so then we ask, which self am I supposed to be true to? Uh, my desires vary from day to day. Do I just follow those desires or do I stay with the ones that are most consistent? Because we are full of all sorts of desires. Some are good, some are bad, some are from God, some are evil, some lead us to addiction, some lead us towards health. We have all kinds of desires that exist in our heart. But if I follow all of my desires and I'm not happy, then what? Again, if we live in a world that's about following our heart, do your, follow your desires to be your best self. And, and if I get there, and it's not everything that it was promised to be, then what? 
What do I do with these desires? Or today, maybe you, you continue to live for your desire and you continue to see maybe the places it takes you aren't where you want to be or you feel this longing for more. The Bible has a sophisticated view of our hearts or desires. And there are two categories for desire within Scripture. One is the spirit and one is the flesh. And we read this in Ephesians 2. It says this, Once you were dead because of your disobedience and your many sins, you used to live in sin just like the rest of the world, obeying the devil, the commander of the powers in the unseen world. He is the spirit at work in the hearts of those who refuse to obey God. All of us used to live that way, following the passionate desires and inclinations of our sinful nature. By our very nature, we were subject to God's anger, just like everyone else. Now again, within this, we see the three enemies of the soul, world, flesh, devil. We've been talking about them in the series. Last week, we talked about the devil. If you didn't get a chance to check it out, I want to encourage you to do that. And the early Christians, as they read this, they would have picked up on reading this and the language of these three enemies of our soul right away. Because it's against something far deeper in the human condition. And in our modern world, again, we have taken a lot of these and made them superstition, something of the past. But as you read the story of scripture, you see that all of these are something that they, they viewed and they thought of as important to address because it kept us from being fully formed by God. The flesh. The flesh is the deceitful desires that lead to disordered desires in my life. They are not crazy things. For example, when I say crazy, an example would be, hey, Elvis is alive in Mexico. That's crazy. But our flesh and our deceitful desires look more like this. Hey, you had a bad day? Go to blank to soothe it. Hey, you know that this is wrong? but you just want to do it for the sake of doing it. These are the desires of our heart that exist, and we often fall for the second lie here. Our flesh falls for the lies of the enemy. The word flesh comes from the word sarx in Greek, and it's flesh, sinful passions, sinful desires, corrupted desire. Flesh is our animalistic drive for desire and pleasure. It is our drive for satisfaction and also our drive for survival. We all have desires that we don't know what to do with. And the New Testament is open to this wrestling. Inside all of us is the struggle, spirit versus flesh. And this matters because our strongest desires are not often our deepest desires. I want to eat more of that chocolate cake, even though I know working out is better for me. My deeper desire is to to be healthy, but my strongest desire in that moment is to eat chocolate cake. This desire is strong and overwhelming. I'm looking at the cake thinking, that looks delicious. I really care about eating that more than being healthy. Just this one time won't be that bad. Take a few deep breaths and let our deepest desires come back to the surface. Again, sometimes if we just take a moment and think 
and we allow the spirit to move in our hearts and in our lives these quick strong desires that we know aren't going to take us where we want to will be overtaken by our deeper desires what is it that we really want i believe we ache for god himself and i believe that we should ache for where his will is done on earth as it is in heaven and that as we do that we would become people of love we would be formed into the image of god and the interesting thing is that even though as a society we fight this construct of morality we still celebrate it read an obituary no one ever talks about how someone just did whatever they wanted their whole life but it's always about character they were a good person they loved well they did this well Again, our deepest desires aren't always what come to the forefront, but oftentimes we need to take a moment to let them rise and overtake our flesh. Our deepest desire, again, is usually for God himself. And we look for things to satisfy us, to bring us happiness, to bring us contentment. And our flesh drives us towards this. But to be people of goodness, it's often sabotaged sabotaged by the surface level desires of our flesh. And this continues to be made worse by the idea to follow our hearts. Be true to yourself is bad advice. Sometimes the things that I want to do, if I gave in to them, it would be bad. It, it would destroy my life. And, and to just say, follow your heart, do what's, what makes you happy in the moment, sometimes that just isn't good advice. In fact, Jesus actually told us to do the opposite. He says, take up your cross and follow me. Die to yourself so that you may live. A seed that's planted must first die before it grows. We often need to kill our fleshly desires that the deepest desires of our hearts would come forward and as crazy as this idea sounds to our modern minds there are people who recognize this robert c roberts says it this way he says we've been led to believe that the self is sacrosanct just as in an earlier time it was never thought or it was thought never fitting to deny god now it feels never right to deny self we're seeing this tension lived out in our culture don't deny yourself. Do whatever you want that it, to make you happy. And at that time, it was never fitting to deny God at this point. We don't like the idea of, of religion and God because we feel like it puts us in a box where we're not allowed to do whatever we want in a moment. Cornelius Plantinga says it this way, In such a culture as ours, the self exists to be explored, indulged, and expressed, but not disciplined or restrained. Again, we don't like messages like this. We don't want our desires to be constrained. We want to be able to do whatever we want. But again, the self, Jesus calls us to deny it and to put it to death on the cross. And this is how we find who we really are in God. And when we don't, it's keeping us from finding who we really are. And the more we give in to the messaging that we should just do whatever we want and devote our flesh to whatever it says, the more we see greed, narcissism, fear, lust, brokenness. 
But the more that we deny our flesh and follow Jesus, the more unique we become, the more we live for him. And this is one of the craziest things about following Jesus is that as I deny myself, my life is changed. It looks different. I'm no longer living for myself and the things that I want, but I'm living for God. And who he is becomes evident out of my life. And today, as we talk about this idea, I want to say that the solution to this isn't willpower. It's not just trying harder. Because if you're anything like me, I have tried over and over again just to kill desires on my own, and I can't do it. I can try really hard to no longer bite my nails, and let me tell you, I'm going to end up biting them. This isn't about having a Bible study where we just list all of these sins that we need to avoid, and then together we try really hard to avoid them. That's not how we die to flesh. See, the solution is the Spirit's power at work in our lives, doing disciplines that yield our hearts to surrender to God. The good and the bad parts. Then we receive His Spirit to give us the power that we need to live for God. And the interesting thing is that it's in that place where we find freedom and peace. See, we think being able to do whatever I want, whenever I want, will bring freedom. But the, the case is that that's just not true. The more we do that, the more we find ourselves trapped and anxious. But freedom in Christ brings peace and the Spirit brings us that freedom from our disordered desires. We can come to peace. And it's not about getting everything we want in our flesh but it's about getting to the deepest parts of who we are and what we want, and then we find freedom. We die to ourselves, and it's there that we find happiness and contentment. And again, this is the part of following Jesus that's just so crazy. Dying to myself brings happiness. How is that true? Well, when they saw Jesus and he died, a lot of them thought, there's no way this man can be the Messiah. He's supposed to come and conquer, and instead he dies. And again, it's in death that we find life. Today, that's available to all of us. When we take up our cross, we deny ourselves, and we follow the way of Jesus. Galatians 5 uh, says this, and it, it, it's helpful um, as we walk through this, and we'll break it into a couple different sections today as we do. Um, but here we go. So it says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other so that you are not free to carry out your good intentions. Again, there is a war and a struggle going on for our souls. But when you are directed by the Spirit, you are not under the obligation of the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. To walk in the Spirit 
means that we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us to be open and sensitive to the influence of the Spirit in our lives. You can tell that someone is walking in the Spirit because their life begins to look like Jesus. Jesus told us that the mission of the Holy Spirit would be to promote and speak of Him and to change us to look like Him. The Holy Spirit reveals Christ, and as He reveals Christ to our hearts, we find ourselves becoming more like Him. There is no way someone can fulfill the lust of the flesh and walk in the Spirit. As we have the Spirit's power in our lives, we will see that our fleshly desires die. Now let me just say this real quick. Following Jesus doesn't mean perfection. And for some of us, we're going to be walking in the Spirit and we're going to be living for Jesus and then we may fall back into a pattern uh, or we may fall back into a fleshly desire. And I just want to say, in that moment, there is grace. In those moments, it doesn't mean that, that God doesn't love us anymore, but this is the key. In those moments, do we turn our hearts back to repentance towards God and say, Holy Spirit, would you come and give me power again? Walking in the Spirit is key, but it doesn't always come easily. Again, it's a battle. There's a struggle going on between flesh and spirit inside of our hearts. And this battle is going inside every follower of Jesus myself included. As Paul writes, often they don't get along well. When the flesh begins to win, we begin to do things that we wish we didn't. But Paul knew again that we're saved by God's grace and that Jesus' work alone is what brings us salvation. It's not us being good enough. It's not us doing all the right things. It's what Jesus accomplished on the cross. And so that's good news for us. As we walk this battle and this tension of flesh and spirit, again, the moments where we fall for fleshly desires, our strongest desires overtake our deepest desires. It's okay. There's grace. Jesus came for those moments. Again, it's not what we have done or what we are doing or what we promise to do. It's what Jesus has already done. Now, this is what the work of the Spirit looks like in our lives when we begin to see uh, his fruit in our lives more. We continue reading Galatians 5. It says, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Again, as the Spirit takes hold, the things that Jesus embodied himself when he lived here on earth begin to be evident out of our lives. What's at stake here? The kingdom of God coming to earth through us. As the fruit of the Spirit begin to come out of our lives more than our flesh, we are part of bringing heaven here to earth. And let me just say this real quick when we talk about the fruit of the Spirit and the way that Paul mentions it here. Paul uses the singular word for fruit. It's the fruit of the Spirit, not the fruits. And we talked about this in a pipeline recently and it kind of blew my mind because I think I'd always just, it's the fruits of the Spirit. 
But by Paul making it singular, the fruit of the Spirit, it means that all of these should be evident at the same time. If you're like me, when I was younger and it was fruits, I would just work on one at a time and I would be like, all right, today I'm going to be peaceful. And so I'll just work at peace and, and everything else may, you know, fall all around me. But today I'm going to be peaceful. And so at least I did that. But again, by being singular, it means that all of these need to be evident in our lives at the same time. We don't get to pick and choose which ones we want to do. They all need to be evident. And so today, which of these are more alive in your life? Do, do I find myself giving in to my fleshly desires more than what the Spirit is doing in my heart and in my life? And if that's true, then this week, maybe we just need to die to ourselves. Say, Holy Spirit, come and work in my life. Today, as we close, I just want to read Romans 8. I think it's a perfect way to sum up what we've talked about today. It says this, So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son a sacrifice for our sins. We no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit today. There's no condemnation in Christ And today watching this, maybe you've tried to follow Jesus and somewhere along the line, you've just fallen off track. Today, no, there's grace. Today, maybe you have lived in the freedom of the flesh. You've done everything you could ever want and then some, but you found it doesn't bring the fulfillment that you were hoping for. Ultimate freedom is found in Jesus, the one who came and died so that we may have life. Our life is found in his death and resurrection. Today, that's for you. And maybe if you've never made that decision before and you decide to, I just want to encourage you. There's a link. Click it. Let us know that you made that decision. This is just one decision of many that we make in following Jesus. And we would love to connect you to some of the next steps we have at our church. From baptism to discipleship pipeline to serving on a team. There are just a lot of different ways and environments that we can connect you and help you grow. For those of us who do follow Jesus today, the power of the Spirit gives us freedom. Today, do you follow your flesh or do you follow the spirit? What's more evident in the decisions that you make? Is it flesh or is it spirit? Today, maybe you struggle with this tension. I just want to encourage you, maybe pause this or as soon as it ends, just take a moment and invite the Holy Spirit to come and to work in your heart and in your life. The Holy Spirit gives us the strength we need. Again, this isn't willpower. This isn't just trying really hard to be good. If that's your takeaway today to just try harder to be good, you've missed the whole heart of the gospel, which isn't reliant on our efforts and our abilities to be good. It's the fact that we have a good Savior who came and died for us, and it's in his death we have life. And we then die alongside of him. The things in our flesh that we see don't bring uh, the things that we hope. 
we nail them to the cross alongside and then we die to ourselves so that we would have more of Christ in our hearts and in our lives today. Let's close in prayer. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come and work in our hearts and in our minds and in our bodies. God, in the moment where we have desires that come on and feel so strong, but we know they aren't from you. Holy Spirit, would you be stronger? Would you bring the deep desires out of our heart to know you? God, this week, Holy Spirit, would you just work in our hearts and in our lives? Would you just speak to the areas of our lives that we need to die to so that we may have life and we would have freedom? Again, we thank you that all of this is possible because of Jesus and his death and his resurrection. And we look forward to the day when he will come and he will restore everything to the way that it was supposed to be. In your name I pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for joining us today. We hope this encourages you to take your next steps in your faith journey with God. You can check us out more on connectchurchnj.com. Have a great day.